An insane couple of weeks in the league, from three Game 7s to a major trade by Boston and dysfunction in Dallas. What's the latest on the conference finals? How are the Mavericks doing? What happened in the NBA draft lottery? It's all coming up now. Streaming on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Google Podcasts, this is the Boundless and Ballin' Podcast. What's good, everyone? Welcome to the Boundless and Ballin' Podcast. I'm your host, Jordan Pakalinawan. A lot happened over the course of the past two weeks. I'm going to break it down for you guys right now, beginning with a quick little recap of the Game 7s that happened in the second round. First of all, the Clippers made history behind Terrence Mann's breakout game. He erupted for 39 points in 36 minutes. Paul George had 28 points, 9 rebounds, and 7 assists. Reggie Jackson, a.k.a. Bobby Schmurter, had 27 points and 10 dimes. And the Clippers beat the Jazz 131-119 to to make their first Western Conference Finals in franchise history over 50 years. Now, one big question that arose from this game, is Rudy Gobert a Defensive Player of the Year fraud? The Clippers got anything they wanted at the rim with 7-1 Gobert patrolling the paint. RG even let Terrence Mann take a corner three like it was a preseason scrimmage. Even though his defense may be great, in the regular season, it disappears come playoff time. going to be a big issue for him and Utah to address in the offseason. Next up, the Bucks beat the Nets 115-111 in an overtime thriller. Kevin Durant had 48 points, the most in Game 7 history, and made a game-tying jumper with one second left. It could have been a three if his size 16 feet were not on the line. Oh well. Giannis had 40 points, 13 rebounds, and 5 assists. And the play I want to highlight comes toward the end of overtime. Uh, Following Chris Middleton's game-winning jumper, Durant had a chance to drive for the tie or take a three for the win. He ended up taking a turnaround three instead and airballed it. The Nets also had a timeout, but they wound up not using it. Uh, It's also good to mention that KD played all 53 minutes of that game. It really would have made sense for Nash and the Nets to call a timeout to drop a better play and give KD a couple minutes of rest, but... They wound up not doing so. KD missing the game winner. You can say that Nash and the Nets had a bit of a J.R. Smith moment there, if you will. The third and final Game 7 was the Hawks beating the Sixers 103-96. They advanced to their second Eastern Conference Final in 50 years. The last time they did so was in 2015. For the Hawks, Trey Young had 21 points and 10 assists. Kevin Herter broke out for a game-high 27 points. On the Sixers' side of things, Ben Simmons had 5 points, 8 rebounds, and 13 assists. Joel Embiid, 31 points, 11 rebounds, 3 assists. And Tobias Harris, 24, 14, and 4. The Sixers are keeping Ben Simmons around despite his uh, playoff disappointment and lack of improvement since his rookie year. Ben averaged 12 points a game, 8 rebounds a game, and 9 assists per game this postseason. He shot 62% from the field and 34% from the free throw line, the worst percentage in postseason history. As far as his lack of improvement, his rookie year he averaged uh, around 16 points a game, 8.1 rebounds a game, and 8.2 assists per game. This past season, however, that dropped to 14.2 points a game, 7.2 rebounds a game, and 7 assists per game. Uh, Everyone thought that Simmons was going to get dealt surely this offseason. I think the Sixers are making a bit of a mistake by keeping him around, but if they are committed to him and committed to, well, improving his development, letting him continue to grow. He needs to get that jump shot. He has to work on this. He has to work on that with the uh, Philadelphia shooting coaches and gain his confidence up big time. 
All right, finally, we're getting on to the conference finals. The Western Conference Finals is between the Clippers and the Suns. Suns currently lead that one 2-1. to one. Devin Booker was carrying Phoenix with CP3 out for the first two games. Uh, Booker had 40 points, 13 rebounds, and 11 assists in Game 1. Uh, game 3, fast forward to what happened last night. The Clippers won that one 106-92 behind Paul George's great performance of 27 points, 15 rebounds, and 8 assists. Ivica Zubats had 15 points and 16 rebounds. Devin Booker broke his nose in Game 2, uh, played Game 3 with a mask, and had 15 points, 5 rebounds, and 5 assists. Chris Paul returned from uh, COVID protocols for uh, Game 3 and had uh, 15 points and 12 assists. On the other side of things, the Bucks and Hawks kicked off the Eastern Conference Finals on June 20. 23rd. Hawks won game one with a nail-biting 116-113 win. Trey Young absolutely erupted. 48 points, 7 rebounds, and 11 assists. Meanwhile, Giannis had 34 points, 12 rebounds, and 9 assists. Drew Holiday with 33 and 10 dimes. Now turning to the latest headlines over the past two weeks. First up, chaos in Dallas. Mavs head coach Rick Carlisle announced he wouldn't return to the position next season. He originally had two more years left on his contract. He wound up leaving for the Indiana Pacers on a four-year, $29 million deal, replacing ousted Pacers coach Nate Bjorgren. Uh, Dallas's GM, Donnie Nelson, was also fired. He believed he didn't have control over the roster construction, and more control was placed under Herolabos Volgaris, a former gambler who is the Mavs' director of quantitative research and development. Nelson has spent 24 years with the Mavericks organization. And breaking yesterday, uh, Nico Harrison is in talks to become the next Mavs GM, and Jason Kidd is progressing towards a deal to become the new head coach. So with everything going on, is Luca on the move? I don't think so. However, you can't rule him out. You can't rule out him leaving Dallas in free agency in 2022. That's definitely a possibility given everything that's gone on. Uh, given his uh, strong relationship with Donnie Nelson uh, that was forged ever since he came there. So it's going to be very interesting to see what happens with the Mavericks over the next few weeks. We also had a trade happen. Kemba Walker was traded from the Celtics, along with a 16th overall pick to the Oklahoma City Thunder for Al Horford, Moses Brown, and a 2023 second-round pick. What's the impact for Boston? Well, they now have five centers on the roster. Tristan Thompson, Robert Williams, Moses Brown, Luke Cornett, and Taco Fall, who's on a two-way contract. Uh, and Peyton Pritchard may be in for a larger role with the Celtics, assuming Marcus Smart becomes the new starting point guard. Uh, Brown is also going to be mentored by Tristan Thompson, assuming he stays, as well as Robert Williams. Two great mentors for him. Uh, the flip side, the impact for the Thunder, they get a point guard to pair with Shea Gildress-Alexander, who likely moves to the shooting guard slot. However, as we've seen with numerous veterans that OKC has acquired, he could also be traded for some more draft capital. Aside from Rick Carlisle going to Indy, there was another head coaching hire for the Boston Celtics. Ime Udoka is set to become the next head coach of the Seas after spending nine years as an assistant, seven years with the Spurs, and the last two with the 76ers. He is the sixth head coach of color to be hired by the Celtics franchise. The other five were Bill Russell, Doc Rivers, Tom Sanders, Casey Jones, and M.L. Carr. And finally, I'm going to go over the NBA draft lottery that happened on June 22nd. 
the top three picks are going to the Detroit Pistons, Houston Rockets, and Cleveland Cavaliers, the 1-2-3 order there. As far as the rest of the lottery goes, it's going to be the Raptors at 4, Magic at 5, Thunder at 6, Golden State at 7, Magic uh, again at 8, Kings at 9, Pelicans at 10, Hornets at 11, 12 going to the Spurs, 13 is the Pacers, and 14th the Warriors again. The top three prospects to watch in this draft are Cade Cunningham, a 6'8 point guard from Oklahoma State, Evan Mobley, a 7-foot center out of USC, and Jalen Suggs, the 6'4 guard out of Gonzaga. Quick scouting reports for each of those guys from NBA.com. Cade is a 3-level scorer with elite playmaking skills. He is definitely a franchise player. Evan Mobley, a two-way big man with a polished offensive skill set and a high defensive IQ. And Jalen Suggs is an unselfish leader who makes others better, and he's a great defender. Definitely going to be a franchise point guard for whoever takes him. Some of the sleeper lottery picks I found are going to be Josh Giddy, Kai Jones, and Franz Wagner. Giddy is a <clears throat> a six-seven guard out of Australia. He's quote a gifted passer, but also a streaky shooter. Jones, a six-ten center out of Texas, he is a rim-running big who is also a lob threat and a great ball handler. And Wagner, six-nine forward out of Michigan, the younger brother of NBA big man Mo Wagner. Franz is a six-nine shooter and a good defender. Some other surprises from the lottery, Golden State getting Minnesota's protected pick. Now, with this, Golden State could either have two new rookies to potentially carry on the post-Splash Brothers era, or they have two more assets to deal in a blockbuster trade. It's going to be very interesting to see how the lottery pans out. Cade Cunningham, arguably the top prospect, the best one, going number one to Detroit, could be their franchise player, but you never know. There are going to be quite a few surprises, maybe a few twists and turns with uh, these teams uh, coming up on draft night, July 22nd. All right, some breaking news within the last half hour of me recording this. Shams just tweeted, uh, tweeted this out. The Dallas Mavericks have agreements to hire Hall of Famer Jason Kidd as their new head coach and longtime Nike executive Nico Harrison in a lead basketball operations role. Sources tell The Athletic and Stadium. So I discussed that earlier in the podcast about how they were heading in that direction. And now as of 10.28 a.m., it is official. Kidd and Harrison both going to the Mavericks, steering them in a brand new direction. Going to be really exciting to see how all of that pans out in the next few weeks and how those two shape Dallas's future. All right, that's a wrap on this episode of the Balance and Ballin' podcast. Thanks for listening. I'm Jordan Pakalinawan. Stay safe, stay healthy, peace.